You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Opening day is coming up, and the Athletics have an opening day starter. So let's talk about that with Jane Lee and everything else going on with the Oakland team. I am Allison Sutter. Jane, uh, so Kendall Graveman gets the opening day nod. Um, kind of cool. And what was the thinking behind that, and what did Bob Melvin say? Yeah, um, I think as soon as Sonny Gray went down um, with a lot injury earlier this spring, it was pretty much assumed that the opening day start would go to Kendall Graveman. I mean, he he essentially kind of anchored that staff last year um, when Sonny was down with you know other injuries, um, really stepped up. Um, and it wasn't just Sonny that missed a lot of time last year. I mean, that pitching staff was just, um, I mean, totaled. It was a mess um, by midseason because of injuries. Um, but through it all, um, Kendall made every one of his starts, led the team in starts and innings, um, performed especially well um, in the middle of the season down the stretch, um, and was just kind of always there, just that one dependable guy they could count on every fifth day when the other four days um, it was kind of a, a blurry picture um, for most of the season. And he performed well, and I think, um, you know, it was kind of cool for them to, to be able to hand this to him. Obviously, if Sonny was healthy, it would have been him because um, Graveman was supposed to slot in behind him. But, um, I mean, Graveman and Sonny are probably two of the, the, the better friends on the team. Um, so I know Graveman, you know, felt for Sonny, but I think everyone was pretty happy for Kendall just because of how far he's come in the last two years. Um I think maybe people forget that he was one of those pieces in the Josh Donaldson trade. And when he came over, he made, he made the team when he came over, but struggled immensely, was sent down, took it really, really hard, um, but came back up. And ever since, I mean, the, the growth he's shown um, has been immense. And I think, you know, for the A's to, to be able to reward him with this um, really does reflect all that work that he's put in since that time. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um especially that, I mean, it's like the next best thing next to Sonny Gray, who I guess seems to be a little bit ahead of schedule, even though he's probably going to miss a lot of the <clears> month <throat> of the season, but maybe it's um, not quite as bad as I thought it was going to be, like when it first happened. Yeah, I know when it first happened, Sonny didn't think it was that big of a deal, but um, the MRI showed that it, it was a moderate strain, and with a lot, you you know, you always want to be careful with those, so he, it was assumed that he would be shut down for a minimum of three weeks before he started throwing again. But when he got that first MRI, they went ahead and scheduled an appointment with Dr. Romeo in Chicago, a lot specialist, at the two-week point. So it was going to be a checkup for Sonny. So Sonny went this past Monday, um, you know, flew in for like less than 24 hours, had all new tests done, and he was given the clear to start throwing. Um so, you know, it sounds like he was he was right in thinking that it wasn't that big of a deal, but definitely did need at least some downtime. Um, so whether this changes, you know, the initial timetable, and there really was um, no exact timetable for his return, I don't think anyone's sure right now just because it's going to be a, a day-to-day thing. Um, he started throwing from 75 feet. Um, I believe today he's out to 90 feet. So it's going to be a slow progression. Um, he still has to get back out on the mound, um, you know, throwing bullpen sessions and start that process again. So still several weeks away, but, um, you know, maybe maybe they see him sooner than later. I think the hope still is um, by the end of April, which really wouldn't be all that bad, all things considered, especially with the amount of depth they do have. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when you're talking about a team like the A's, I don't know that uh, this there's not going to be that many safe situations. I mean, let's face it, where they are right now is uh, kind of in a transitional period. But they, I guess, need a closer, um, and there seem to be some options. I saw a lot of names thrown out there. Is there anybody who has the inside track on that closing job? It doesn't appear that they're very, um, you know, focused on picking just one. Um, they do have a ton. They have Santiago Casilla. They have Ryan Matson, Sean Doolittle, John Axford's closed in the past. Um, and right now, you know, you would think that because Ryan Matson closed for them last year, he would have a leg up. Casilla, too, because he's done um, so much of that for the Giants in recent years. Um, but I think that they're kind of keeping things open right now, um, just knowing that with the makeup of the, the guys that they do have, these guys are all flexible um, and, and, you know, aren't really concerned all that much about their role. So it, they could very well enter the season with more than one closer. Um, you know, they could ride a guy while he's hot. Um, they could use a guy for two Indians one night and he wouldn't be available the next night. So they could go to the next guy. And, and, and I, I think it could potentially work. You know, I know a lot of guys um, do like to know their roles, you know, whether it's, whether they're the seventh inning guy or the closer. Um, but w- with the guys that they do have here, I think everyone's just kind of open to whatever. And I think part of that is knowing, you know, looking around, and seeing who's around you and knowing that, yeah, on any given night, any one of us could get the job done. So I would actually be surprised if they appointed just one ahead of the season. Now, of course, that could change if, you know, right away someone's performing well and above the rest of them. But um, I think it's kind of nice right now the way bullpens are evolving to kind of keep your options open like that and, you know, just be flexible um, with those four guys. Um, which they're also able to do because they have a, a pair of really good setup men um, and Ryan Dole and Liam Hendricks um, behind them as well. So it'll be inter- interesting to see how it shakes out, but I don't think you know it's going to be that big of a deal regardless of what they do. Okay, now on a totally different note, this is how we're going to end it. We're going to talk about A Spirit Week, which gets a, quite a bit of attention. I didn't realize they're celebrating their 50th anniversary of the team being in Oakland this year, which is pretty cool. So this one... Uh, I don't know if I want to call it a gimmick, an event, an activity. The A's are—the uh, A's are encouraging fans to wear A's caps, and they're doing it in an interesting way. So, why don't you tell us about the incentive program that they have built? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, during Spirit Week, um, which they have deemed it, which begins on Monday, um, I guess at any of their Spirit Week events, and there are several. There's um, a mural unveiling in downtown Oakland. There's a community event. Um, there's a flag raising with the mayor. Um, just a lot going on, and, and also the Bay Bridge series, of course, with one of the games in Oakland. So at any of these events, if you bring a Giants cap, the A's are willing to trade you for a new A's cap. Now, I don't know where this idea stemmed from. Um, I also don't know how many A's fans own Giants hats or if the idea is to turn Giants fans into A's fans. Um, I, I really don't know that that will go over well. Um, but, it's, you know, as long, I think if you don't take it seriously, it can be funny. I think it, you know, gave everyone a good laugh. Um, I know people on Twitter are really enjoying it. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you're not on Twitter or social media, how else um, 
you know, you would find out about it. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, just how many people come in with Giants hats. But something to keep an eye on next week, um, it is pretty funny. I think, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of your opinion on it, I think it does reflect um, just that um, that push, um, that Oakland push right now. Um, you know, they're, they're really pushing um, their slogan, Rooted in Oakland. Um, they want to take hold of Oakland, um, especially with the Warriors and, and maybe the Raiders on the move, um, and kind of take ownership of it. Um, and be proud of the fact that they they are in Oakland um, and they're doing kind of everything they can to really embrace the city. And um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's it's fairly obvious that Giants fans um, kind of seem to outnumber them in the Bay Area. You know, I think this is just a, another one of their ideas to uh, maybe promote, um, you know, their own fans in, in Oakland and and everything that they have to celebrate um, since they are celebrating their 50th season there. Yeah, a good way to, to take over that region is to win a couple of World Series. So, okay, we'll be paying <laughs> close attention to that. Jane, thank you so much. Um, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free AtBat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.